Welcome to Inspiring Salon Professionals, the podcast that allows every therapist, nail tech and stylist to level up, build their career and reach for their dreams. Each week we'll be looking at a different area of the industry and along the way I'll be chatting with salon owners, industry leaders and mentors who'll be sharing their stories on how they achieved their goals and made their successes. I'm Sue Davies, your host, award-winning salon owner and industry professional. Welcome to Inspiring Salon Professionals. Hi everybody and welcome to the first episode of Inspiring Salon Professionals in 2022. I'm recording just before Christmas and it's a really peaceful, quiet day today and I thought, you know, and I just had a little flicker of something in my head and I thought, you know, I'm just going to go and do the recording and then I can have some time to myself over Christmas a little bit too. So what I wanted to talk about today is really about what we've gone through over the last couple of years. It's been a really peculiar journey, one that's changed our lives in more ways than we possibly ever could have comprehended when this started and we started seeing it on the news. So as 2020 dawned, I think we all entered that year with a, a huge amount of positivity. And I can remember across the forums, everyone, it was like new decade and everybody was ready to take on the world. And then unfortunately, the world took us on. And I, I can remember very, very clearly that first couple of months as we started seeing what was happening in China and in Wuhan. And I mean, that's, I don't know about anybody else, but that feels like such a it feels like an absolute age ago and it's only two years 24 months it's not in the scheme of things not that long but it has been it's felt like a lifetime for all of us I'm sure but I just remember you know watching that build and um and us all talking more and more and more on the forums about what it's going to mean and you know do we react you know it's not going to happen to us kind of thing and then gradually it became very clear that this was going to be something that was going to affect us and so the government started reacting to something that was unprecedented and that word was used so much during that first six months and now it's precedented and the government are reacting in a much quicker much speedier and far more reactive way and that's only uh, can be seen as a good thing. People don't agree with what happens. And I think this is a terrible thing that's happened over the last couple of years is it's become so divisive and it's created like sort of a two a two part world again. You know, we're just recovering from Brexit and all of the, the sort of the complete division between that. And now we have, you know, the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, the believers and the disbelievers or whatever you want to call it. And um, and it's so it's so, so sad. And I've got people across my social networks from both sides and it's just so sad that everybody can't be in agreement and I'm not going to sit and politicize this or make you know make anybody feel bad about what they believe and what they don't believe we all have to deal with this situation in, in the way that our brains allow us to because that's all you can do is just look after you so I just really wanted to just note the passing of the last couple of years really because it's just been very very odd and I was talking to someone yesterday and we were it's someone I don't really know that well and um and we were having this conversation about how surreal it is and about what's going to happen this Christmas and after Christmas and um and we were both commenting on that that sort of thing of it being such a surreal time to live through you know we are living through history being made and it is 
a very, very odd experience for all of us. And as an industry, you know, there's been some very strange things that have occurred for us. You know, we all knew that we could be safe and open, but we weren't trusted. It took a long time for the government to understand that we could be trusted and those in power to understand that we could be trusted to work safely. And I think, you know, two years on, we have proven ourselves as a professional industry. There's a lot of positives that have come out of it. But, you know, going through that lockdown was very, very tough. We're a, we are a social group of people. We, you know, we are very, very active across social media, which is good because we were there to give each other huge amounts of support and we all still do. And as we were beginning to reopen, you know, we had, for a lot of people, they I don't know whether everybody will know this or not, but um, there was an amazing group called Maggie's Chat Show on Facebook run by Marion Newman. And um, who is the font of all knowledge in the nail industry and who became a very clear go to person for information at that time. And it encouraged people from across the whole industry to take note and listen. And as a result of Marion's group, an awful lot of things happened and a lot of movements occurred within the industry of which I've been part of. Um, of those movements which has been an amazing opportunity and I'm going to come back to that in a little while but really what I just wanted to recognize was that we have gone through so many lockdowns and having to chase the money to get the grants and get furlough or sick pay whatever it could be that the government has issued for me I for the first time in my life took like welfare benefits you know my husband's a plumber and although but he's not a like an emergency plumber that kind of thing he's much more commercial so all of his sites closed down and he couldn't get access to sites so even though he was an essential worker the buildings where he was working they weren't so they'd closed and um, so he lost all of his work for a, a huge period of time obviously my salon closed fortunately I could get the grants that kept my business ticking over it took a, a lot for us to sit and fill out those universal credit forms and I and I know I'm not the only one that ended up doing that there was so many different changes that we all had to to get our heads around and whether it was you applying for universal credit for the first time whether you were one of the really unfortunate group of people that were the missed people that there was nothing for you I mean that in itself was just so awful but as a you know I mean I, I, I love politics and I love watching parliament and all that kind of stuff and I can't help that I just I just love it I love the processes of it they can't account for everybody and it just you know and unfortunately in every situation no matter who was in government it was never going to be perfect because they were having to react at well for, for parliament at lightning speed for the rest of us it was quite slow and dragged out and looked like it was in slow motion but you know parliament's a really slow creature as is the NHS because such because I used to work in the NHS too and there's such slow moving creatures it takes months and months to make things change usually and and in those examples of that first year they actually were moving really speedily for how their systems usually work but it so the outside world just doesn't look like that but what I wanted to do with this podcast episode today was just really to recognise the journey that we've been on as an industry. It has been really hard. We've coped with the lockdowns. We've coped with the reopening and the stress of that. All of that. What do we do? How do we do it? Having to suddenly get your head around risk assessments if you've never done one before. Having to re-establish our businesses, reconnect with our clients, reconnect with our teams if we had teams. Um and for most of us, um, you know, there was conversations going on all the way through the lockdowns with teams. But it just, it 
there has been so much, you know, adjusting. Although, you know, for us as an industry, we're used to wearing gloves. We're used to wearing face masks for some of our treatments. But to have to go to doing that all the time and instigating, if you haven't ever been a salon that's instigated hand washing, having to put all of that in place. Um, and for those of us, I mean, I know with my grant, I chose to invest in upgrading my air um, my air systems I chose to upgrade in my sterilization systems and bought an autoclave and so I was very lucky I was in a position that my grant could help me fund that but if you haven't um, done those things already a lot of local councils are now providing grants and there's a lot of business organizations as well out there that may be able to help but there are opportunities out there to help get funding to increase um, ventilation and um working standards within business environments. So it's worth going and looking with your councils, chatting to your local business advisor. Most local authorities have some level of business advisor and if they don't have them, they'll have a connection to an organisation that does. So go and speak to them, find out, you know, those business, I had conversations with the Kent Business Advisory Group all the way through different lockdowns about what I could access, what was coming up. And they really, really are there to help you and they will want to help um, businesses most often they work with commercial premises businesses but that isn't to say that they can't help anybody that's working from a home-based um, business as well if you've got a formal setup in a garage or something and you're a registered business get in touch with them and find out one of the other things that was a real eye-opener to many many people in our industry that work particularly from home but also um, renting space or as um, a commission-based professional within a salon environment is that there was a lot of people that weren't registered as a business. And unfortunately, many of those people were the ones that fell through the gaps because they didn't have accounts to rely on with HMRC. And so they couldn't claim anything because they hadn't ever registered their business. And it may be that, you know, they were earning less than the tax threshold, but it just it just goes to show that, you know, if you want to be seen as a professional business or as a professional even, you know, those things are really important. And now that I'm away from my salon, I've sold my salon, my income's going to drop massively for the time being until I re-establish myself. But I'm just in the middle of moving home as well. So I'm just taking things a little bit easy for a little while. But I know that initially my income is not going to be up there. I'm still going to be registered with HMRC because there's nothing to there's nothing to say to them other than I'm here. And even if you're earning £4,000 or, you know, £500 under the taxable threshold. It's worth them knowing that you're earning that money because it also tells them how busy our our industry is and it helps them with planning, it helps them understand more about us so that they can, you know, in the event of things like this, they can help our industry more. So if you still haven't registered with HMRC and you earn below the taxable threshold, have a think about it because it isn't a lot and doing your self-assessment if you're you know literally got a few ins and outs is not that difficult and someone will always help you um, if you can't afford to get an accountant there's usually very reasonably priced bookkeepers and stuff out there that can help you so do do that and if you are in and above the taxable threshold then you really really should be registered with HMRC because otherwise you know and you're evading taxes you are a business and you are choosing to not pay tax and um, and not pay national insurance and in the long run that will not serve you because at some point you're going to be in your 50s and 60s and you're going to be looking for a pension that isn't there 
So it's in your own interests, everybody, to make sure that you are fully legitimate, that you do pay your taxes or are registered to pay taxes and that you have insurance and that you have your professional qualifications. These things all just go to prove what a professional industry we are. And the people that have been able to gain, as it's been as it was seen at the time, from um, all of the grants and so on, are the people that were registered with the right places as professionals. So we reopened in, um, I don't even know what it was now, June 2020. Was it June 2020? It's just like a blur. Then we had a few months of normality. I had a spell up in um, in Scotland for nearly a month where my we went to visit my lovely daughter who lives up there and we're helping her move from Edinburgh to Glasgow and my husband wasn't very well and got admitted to hospital while we were up there had a horrible case of cellulitis and ended up seriously ill um, in hospital and I was living in a hotel for nearly a month it was a really surreal time and on the second day that he was in hospital Scotland went back into a partial lockdown and it, it honestly it, you just you couldn't write it it was a very very peculiar time and I very you know this I mean the salon was already really hanging on by a thread you know we all know how difficult that first summer back was you know we were all exhausted and felt quite quite burnt out really by the process of going back with the masks and the visors and all of the extra stuff that we had to do it was a really really challenging time and then I had to virtually close for a month due to our personal circumstances and thank goodness for my lovely friend Caroline who you know kept who was there trying to keep the business going because everything had changed so much in the return didn't have my um, virtually full-time work with me because she'd made other choices at that point and uh, and so it was a really really odd odd time and very very stressful being stuck up in Scotland and, and it that whole point for everybody and you just could see things starting to change again and of course then in the November we were locked down once more and then had to reopen again in December and then of course on that fateful Saturday before Christmas Boris made his televised announcement that we would be closing down and lockdown would be pretty much immediate and basically Christmas was cancelled and that was so hard for everybody. I mean, the only the one advantage for us as an industry is that our January and February is often quieter, but it still was a really, really big slap in the face for the whole country. And for us as business owners, it was a really, really difficult time. But during that time, I think we all we all grew to accept perhaps a little more why it was being done, what was happening. You know, we've by that point we'd had nearly a year of watching this virus develop and then seeing, you know, what it, what was called then the Kent variant, obviously it's not called that any longer, and then watching gradually as the Delta variant started taking hold around the world. And I just don't think any of us could quite believe what was happening. And I think although none of us are, are medical experts really um, in our industry, obviously there are a few medics uh, that have transferred into our industry. But for those of us that have completed level three anatomy and physiology, we have a bit of an understanding of how the body works. And I think if you've worked in this industry for long enough and worked on enough people, that also gives you an element of knowledge. And for me, having worked in the NHS and understanding, um, I worked in sort of chief exec level. I wasn't the chief exec, but I worked with alongside as PA to the chief exec and the finance director and to personnel director. And so I had access to all of those clinicians that they used to work with. 
and understanding how the different departments work and the hierarchy, who does what and how it all works. And I had a very, very clear understanding that's given me an amazing amount of knowledge, actually, that I didn't even realise I had until my parents were ill and I needed to call on all of that stuff that I knew. But I think all of us in some, some level have a slightly more advantageous view than the rest of the general public because we kind of understand that how hygiene works and we understand how body systems work a little bit more. So for us, watching this develop over the last couple of years has been scary because we know how easy contagion happens and and it's just been really, really difficult for us to get our heads around because we know the risks that we face every day. We know how closely we work with our clients and we can see that as each of these variants happens, that we're going to have to up our game again. And that's a hard thing to live with on a daily basis because you know how much, you know, we aren't on the front line by any means. You know, we're there providing luxury services effectively. That's what we do. You know, we, we're there to help people feel better about themselves. In any area of this industry, that's what we do. We make people feel better about how they see themselves, how they get on with their day-to-day world because we give them confidence. We give them a positive um, boost. And for a lot of the time, you know, we allow them to offload. And I, I absolutely love that advert on the TV at the moment that ITV are doing with the makeup artist who's doing all of those stars who are just so blah, 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 blah about their world. And I can't remember her name. Maya, I think her name is. Is it Maya? I can't think. Anyway, doesn't matter. But she sits down and is like, and how are you to the girl? And and it's just such a lovely moment because for our industry, it's just that recognition really of the service that we provide and how nobody generally, you know, we're for a lot of people, we're just someone that you go to to get your nails done. But there are those clients that do sit down and do ask us, and how are you? And it's an opportunity for most of our clients. It's an opportunity for them to offload. But every now and again, you get the client that lets it be a two-way street. And that's a really important factor. You know, we are there to help them so much. And if you work in holistics and therapy side of the industry more, I mean, I'm really fortunate. I kind of cover or have covered at different points in my career, every part of the industry apart from hair. I've never, my sister was a hairdresser at one point. So I have a a minor understanding of it and I've got friends that are hairdressers. But, uh, But there is something about, certain parts of the industry where it's just like offload 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 and but with holistics they offload in a different way and when you're doing therapies you know you you lift their spirits they don't even have to talk and that that physical contact that you apply to them or whatever it is that energy exchange because that's what it is when it comes to holistics and I know for me when I'm when I've moved, I think I'm gonna I wanna reconnect with that side of my career because it's just so important. And that connection to a client when you put your hands on them and you can take away their stresses and take away their worries without even talking. And they don't even realise that that's what's happening until the next day when they realise they feel so much better. But there is so much our industry can do to help um, help our clients, but also to help ourselves. And we really, really need as an industry to understand self-care is so, so important. And in our future, as we continue to live with the virus that is COVID-19 and all of its wonderful variants, 
these are going to keep coming at us. They're not going to go away. Well, they will go away because they'll gradually fade as the next one rears its head and comes to see what it can do to ravage our world. And we have to just recognise that we need to look after ourselves for us to be resilient, for us to be able to have endurance, for us to be able to continue running our businesses and our lives we need to look after ourselves and there cannot be a more important message. We spend our days looking after other people, but as professionals, we have to take time out. So please, if there is nothing else you do today, go and book yourself to have a massage. Go and book yourself to have an aromatherapy massage, a reflexology treatment, to go and have an Indian head treatment, to get your hair done, to have a pedicure, to do something that lets you take some time out that lets you sit or lay and process and you let your brain process in a quiet environment obviously you're not going to get that having a pedicure or having your hair done because it's going to be chatty but if you can and I know some people don't like being in those therapy environments but it really will be so beneficial for you there's so many different ways that you can receive therapeutic treatments and energy treatments and hand touch treatments. There's so many different ways and different styles that you can have. It doesn't have to be like a deep a deep, a deep tissue sports massage. It doesn't have to be that intense. It can be a real light touch. You know, some reflexologists, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways that we can work as reflexologists on the feet, on the hands, on the ears. There's face reflexologists. There's so many different things. But I would recommend that you try and book something that you can have some quiet time where you can just go inside your head and just let your brain process because that's what we all need to have happen and that's to give ourselves time to process. This has been an intense two years and we still haven't given ourselves the time yet to process everything that's happened. We've literally lurched from one thing to another to another to another and I think as we head into 2022 we need to really start addressing that balance a little bit. Going forward, um, I just wanted to recognise some of the really positive things that have happened that have come out of what has been quite a challenging and dark time for us personally and for us as an industry. But as as an industry, we have made huge leaps and bounds. You know, our professional organisations have been there at the table with government throughout the whole of this and they have fought and argued our case. And as a result, we have actually finally been recognised as our own sector. And we are now the personal care sector. So when they're sitting at the table, we ha- we actually have a fence around us that they can go, yeah, and that's that group of people. Whereas before we were kind of a bit of hospitality, we were a bit of retail. What are they? Um, you know, they're just girls. Um, they're just girls that kind of do stuff to people, aren't they? Um, you know, they're, they're, they work in massage parlours. They work in nail bars. You know, did the government before this, I don't think, and before the likes of um, Millie Kendall and Leslie Blair, to name but a few, before they sat at that table... And I don't think they realised what they took on when they took on Millie Kendall because she's such a powerful person um, as the CEO of um, the British Beauty Council. And she's an absolute star. And at some point, I'm going to get her on here to have a conversation with her. But... 
but Millie and Leslie and everybody else, um, Hillary at the NHBF at the time, they all sang our calls so heartily. And as a result of it, the government had to kind of take a bit of a step back and realise that we are a force to be reckoned with. And that now, anyway, as I was saying, we are now the personal care sector and that's quite something else. And that's going to have impacts on lots of things in the coming years that probably we won't even really notice. But it just means that the government recognise that we stand alone as an industry and as a way of working and that they've now stopped calling us massage parlours and nail bars. We now are salons and we are professionals and it is growing and as a as an industry we need to take that stance and we need to put our crowns on and be recognized for that and we need that means we need to step up and as a result of that our professional organizations I think have probably seen an influx of membership and I know for myself that part of what the positives for me that came out of this because I've always been very much um, known in the, more in the nail industry is something I just kind of fell into after doing all my holistics and I was going to go and be a holistic therapist I ended up through a whole series of events being more of a nail professional than anything else which has given me a, a great um, opportunity to do so many different things but the one the two or two things that came out of this for the nail industry more so was that as a result of Maggie's chat show group on Facebook, we realised that we had some lovely people in in Holland that had created this fantastic video to go back to work with and to help highlight what going back to the salon would look like for our clients. And so as a result of a video um, meeting that we a load of us had been on, I ended up heading up a team that created something called the Salon Standards Alliance. And we did a load of fundraising through the industry and got enough money together to get the Dutch team to create a video for us too, which you can find on YouTube under Salon Standards Alliance. And um, and it probably still holds pretty true today. So if you do what if you if you haven't seen it, go on YouTube and look up Salon Standards Alliance. Um, there is also still a Facebook page out there for them too. We've kind of left everything just there because we didn't want to take it away. But it's a really lovely little video um, and yeah it it just was it was part of of something we were all working through at the time and and anyway the salon standards alliance then took a back seat as we all went back to work but what came of it was then conversations again behind the scenes and i was approached by marion newman who had this amazing idea for something to create educational standards within the now industry or not create them but to improve them and would I like to be involved? And anyway, Marion brought together a team of great people over the summer of last year, of 2021. We pulled together what became the Federation of Nail Professionals. Now, having previously been involved in the Association of Nail Technicians and also trying to get off the ground the Nail Industry Association, you can see I've had a history in this area. And to me, it is a vital, vital part. The nail industry has never had well, not for a very long time. It had the um, the INA initially back um, back in the early days that was quite a powerful organisation, but that changed and um, morphed over time into the ANT. And anyway, there's a whole history there that I have had the privilege of being part of. But Marion Newman was one of the original people that was there with the INA, and and so between us, we have we have a history of trade association. So she, we, we spoke and, and this thing has developed into the, yeah, the Federation of Now Professionals. 
and we had a very soft launch last November and over the last year it's developed. We now have a web platform that is in its final stages of development, which has just been the biggest bugbear of our lives. And it's and it's held us back so much as what we want to do because we can't do anything. With, this is like the first, the first big part of our puzzle. And so we're nearing the end of that. And then watch out, nail industry, because we will be coming to get you. That has been such a vital, vital thing. And we're so proud of getting it to where it is. We have patrons on board from, um, as OPI, Biosculpture and Glitterbells. And we have benefactor of um, the Global Travel Master, John Ribchester. And they have helped to put funds in our coffers to support us to get the website done and to keep building what we're trying to build because they believe in us so much that we, you know, we're a group of people that have passion and the opportunity to create something that the now industry hasn't had for a very long time. And as I speak, we are involved in so many conversations at so many important tables and we are invited and we are recognised by the powers that be to represent the now industry. And that has never happened before. So we are, as an industry across the the breadth of the industry is the personal care sector we are being taken more seriously and for me the pride of being part of something that represents the now industry which is where I've spent most of my career is is just it's unfathomable to have this amount of connection to where regulation happens to where decisions are made about how the industry operates this has never happened before and this also kind of goes across the whole industry because never before has hair, beauty, holistics, spa, nails, never before have we had this level of connection to government as far as I'm aware. You know, obviously there's been conversations, you know, the Hair and um, Barber Council have um, the act behind them. But and so obviously there are, there are operations that go on at a high level. But this connectivity between all of our trade associations and, and our representative bodies being in the room at the same time is powerful and has made such a positive change to how things um, have happened for us across the whole of the pandemic. And we should take our hats off to all of them that have been sat at the table. So that's a real huge, huge positive that is going to be reflective across industry in the years to come. We also need to recognise how resilient we've been, how much we have endured, how much we have adapted to life in this new world. And we have continued for most of us to continue um, to operate within our businesses. I made the choice um, for a lot of different reasons, uh, mainly because we're moving and we're moving out of the area that I needed to sell my business. But I had I was tired and worn out by the whole thing. And I'd already been considering for some time whether or not it was time for me to have a change of direction. And then through the lockdown, we made the decision that we were like or through the through the third lockdown, I think it was um, at the beginning of this year, we made the decision. Actually, no, it's now's the time to move and we're going to do it. And so the salon had to had to be sold. And yesterday, no, was it? I don't know what day of the week it is now. Oh, um, two days ago, we had an offer accepted on our next home. And so all being well, that it will be in fruition as we go into 2022. But for most of us, our businesses have remained in the same place 
and have remained with the same clients and the same teams. For others, there's been huge changes of team. Others have, have sold their salons or closed their salons and gone home and work from a, you know their garden rooms now. And there's been some beautiful new garden rooms that I've seen. Some there's one I won't I won't um, mention her because she she might not appreciate it. But her but there's one of the girls that I've known on Facebook for a very very long time, and her garden salon is it is just amazing. And if I ever set up a garden salon, I want one like hers. The one thing we have done is learn resilience, learn endurance, and learn how to adapt. We need to take. Um, a big pat on the back. We have survived so far. We are going into 2022 with the Omicron variant on the rise. I watched the news last night and saw the briefing and I know I, I was a little bit concerned about how, how concerned Chris Whitty was. And although he was very concerned, was trying not to show that concern. We all sit watching those news briefings now, just going, what they're going to say next, what they're going to say next. You know, we know through the history of this now that they just start giving us little teasers of what's coming and then then something more major happens and they do it it's like they I remember listening to something right at the beginning of the pandemic they were talking to a psychologist about what was happening and why we weren't getting all the information and he was talking about um, a method of disseminating information that is hard to take and hard to cope with and they do it via this method of drip feeding and this is what this is what happens and I think as a society if we had all of the information at the beginning we probably would panic a little bit and I think we do need to have a little bit of time just to process so although we kind of know something's going to happen it just gives you that moment they give you those little bits of information and it is it's a lot to take on we know it's a lot to take on we know how for some people it has been terrifying every time there's been a new news briefing it causes anxiety it causes stress it causes lots of negative body reactions and mind reactions and I know so many people that won't even watch them anymore we do have to pay attention to what is happening for our businesses and for our kids for school and for so many different reasons and for our own health we have to pay attention to what's going on I know for myself, we've kind of put ourselves in a self-imposed lockdown at this point because we've got my daughter coming down from Scotland and we can't take any chances. So we've just kind of cancelled our lives for the time being. My husband's going to work. I'm going to do the things I have to do. But all of the fluffy stuff we've kind of got rid of because and everyone we're talking to is doing the same because we just Christmas. We all need to have our Christmas this year. And I really hope that I don't have to come back and re-record this and because we haven't had a Christmas. But I'm hoping um, and I am hopeful that we will get there this year and that when this is released, we will have had um, an amazing family Christmas. It's, for me, it's going to be the last Christmas in, my, in this family home where my kids have been raised. So it's going to be a really, really special one for us. And it's so important because of that reason. So let's just hope we've all had an amazing Christmas and that we've all had everything our hearts, dreams could ever want, and that we've got time to do that most important thing, and that is to spend time with the people that we love and care about. So as we go into 2022, what can we take from all of the lessons that we have learned in the last two years? We've learned so much about ourselves, about our friends, about our families, about our businesses, about our industry, about the wider community, about the world, and about how we can come together to create some amazing things and to be creative and to be innovative 
and to make ourselves grow as human beings and to grow as business owners. There have been so many challenges and on the whole, we have all risen to them. We should just congratulate ourselves for still being here. We should congratulate ourselves for wanting to take a step into 2022 and see what waits for us. There is so much that we should be positive about. Every day that we live through this, the scientists learn more, the medics learn more, the government learn more, and whether you love them or hate them, they are there to make decisions that they can only make on that day. And we just need to all come together and believe that tomorrow will be a better day. It's got to be. We are learning to live with how this works. And at some point, our normality will return. It won't be um, the normality of December 2019 and January 2020. It will never be that normality again. And that whole phrase, we seem to have forgotten that through the first lockdown, we had this phrase of like, oh, I wonder what the new normal is going to look like. And there was this whole thing about the new normal. And I think the new normal is beginning to show itself as a life of care and a life of understanding and a life of looking after ourselves so we can look after the others too. And I really, really just want to wish everybody the happiest and most profitable 2022. I really hope that as this comes into its release date that we are not in any other situation other than returning to work in a the normal that we've been working in which is ensuring that we're watching all of our health and safety protocols and that we are still continuing to provide those amazing services that make our clients feel so amazing about themselves but do go forward support yourself look after yourself and most of all give yourself a huge pat on the back for getting this far Make sure you write your lists and your goals and your plans. And I'm going to be doing that this year. I've got so many changes happening. And the whole of this last year has been taken up with massive life change for me of selling my business or make it even just beginning to make the decision that that's going to happen. Uh, But then selling the business, leaving my business and then our house selling and, and now us finding our home. You know, there's just there's so much that's gone on in my life this year and I had so many plans to bring all my online courses to fruition and I've invested so much in my education to make all that happen and I've just kind of stalled I think I just got too many things happening and I became somewhat overwhelmed with the the tasks that I'd set myself which is not unusual for me but in 2022 once all of my move and everything's out of the way then the development of all my online courses for getting you from being a regular therapist, technician, stylist into having your own salon environment is where my plans are going. And I really am looking forward to it. It's all written out. I've actually got the whole thing planned. It's just making it happen is the problem. Um, and I know that I'm not, I know I'm not the only one because I know there's quite a few of us that have got a lot of this kind of stuff that we've been trying to get um, to a live state for most of 2021 watch out 2022 because there's a lot of us coming to get you. I will see you next week or speak to you next week and have a great week back in the salon and happy new year to all of you. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Inspiring Salon Professionals. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review and share with other industry professionals you think may enjoy the show too. For links and further information, you'll find those in the show notes or on my website, www.suedavies.org.
You can also hear more from me and join the Inspiring Salon Professionals community on the Facebook group. Thanks again and see you next time. Bye for now.